What can we see in the new iPhones next year? Will there also be new MacBooks? And what about your hot takes? Well, that's all in this episode of the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola, here with Life Johnson and Jason Cross. Hello. Let's get started with the news. There are new iPhone rumors, not actually about the iPhone coming out in the fall. The iPhone coming out next fall has already picked up steam in the rumor mill. There's this fall, too. There's rumors for everything. There are rumors for this fall. I should just start rumors for the 2023 iPhone. (laughs) Why not? Next year, much more interesting. The the 2020 rumors are particularly juicy. They're yeah. pretty good. It sounds like it's a bigger upgrade it's, than we're it, getting this year. Yeah, it's it's making me think, although I will buy a phone <laughs> this year, if I wasn't on the Macworld cycle where I have to buy a new phone every year, exactly. true. I would think maybe I'll skip this year's phone and just wait for next year's phone. Yeah, if I were a normal person. I feel <laughs> yes. like that's kind of generally true like the with the price what they are it's like yeah if you have if you have this phone you don't need next year's phone yeah i think like it's yeah you you could have always gone two years yes it's kind of best and that's what i used to do yeah should we talk about the 2020 phone or should we talk about the 2019 well the only we've talked about the 2019 phone a lot the only new thing really there is that there should be a new taptic engine or uh, that's a new report from nine to five max says New vibration engine, new taptic engine. That'll be with no information about what that means. Right. Just that it's new. Um, And everything else we've heard and discussed before, sort of, I think, for the 20. So the 2020, I think, is more juicy. We should talk about that. So the 2020, where should we start? I guess we can tie it in with a recent story from the Wall Street Journal that Apple may buy Intel's is it intellectual properties? Is that the prop- proper way to, to say of five G modems? Yeah, I, I suppose it would be their patent portfolio and IP. Yeah, um, they may acquire some people too. Yeah, they right. may see right. be some of the team. Apple has a team that is located uh, in. I'm trying to remember which part of California it is that. Qualcomm is set up there. Intel's modem team is set up. There's sort of a hotbed of yeah. sort of networking development there that's where you got to be they've been there working on their own networking products they want to make their own yeah cellular modem their own wi-fi chips and so they're gonna supposedly and you know intel's getting out as we've talked about before but why buy the ip of a company who couldn't make a competitive product yeah exactly i was thinking that myself and i guess it's just a matter of like not having to license patents from whoever ends up getting this and that. And, you know, I think it's a matter of spending that money to not have to end up, you know, patent licensing down the road and stuff like that. That yeah. may, may be something like that. The rumor is that the sale will be for about a billion dollars, which is yeah. pocket change for Apple. Yeah, true. That might be a good investment for them. But you're right. When I heard that rumor, I or when that story came out, I was kind of like, that's weird because Intel. Intel's modem business wasn't exactly. I mean, yeah. it, was, yeah. it wasn't wasn't earth shaking. Apple just settled with Qualcomm, like big yeah. time settled, just totally super truce on everything, yeah. completely settled everything, and and agreed to license their stuff for the next several years. And the speculation is that that's in part because 
uh, Intel just wasn't m making their milestones on right. developing new modems. Their current modems that you get in the iPhone XS and then are just just good enough. Not maybe not as good as Qualcomm's equivalents, and they're really not on future stuff, just not keeping up. So, yeah, I, I think it has most more to do with buying patents than just kind of any sort of major leapfrog in Apple's. It's not like they're going to buy Intel's modem business, and then the 2020 iPhone is going to have an, an Apple modem in it. Right. This is still a multi-years out development thing. Yeah, and I, part of the agreement with Apple and Qualcomm was that Apple would be using Qualcomm modems yeah. for, I think it was like a couple years with a couple with, with the option like to like extend further, right? Kind of situation. So yeah, I think I think the first we'll see an Apple modem in an Apple phone is going to be twenty twenty two at the earliest. That does oh. that does bring us back around to the twenty twenty iPhone. Yeah, this whole Intel Qualcomm thing. I think one of the reasons Apple sort of bit the bullet and settled is because they realized by fall of 2020, when this phone would come out, there it needs to have 5G, or at least there needs to be one model with 5G, right? I think they can't go another year after that without 5G. Qualcomm's the way to get there. So I think we're going to expect to see a second-gen Qualcomm 5G modem in at least one model of the 2020 iPhone. In the 2020 iPhone... I guess the most recent rumor is that it could have a ProMotion display. Is that correct, or is that well? They haven't called it a ProMotion display, right. but it's it's a display that can switch refresh rates. Yeah, supposedly a a, a guy who's known for leaking Samsung stuff yeah. on Twitter uh, said that Apple is talking to Samsung and LG to source a display that would switch between 120 hertz and 60 hertz. Mm -hmm. Which is not quite what ProMotion does on so, iPads because right. that's adaptive. That's like any – I think it even yeah. goes all the way down to 30. 30, I think. Uh, but so, so not that, but still would give you that 120 when you need it. Mm -hmm. It would switch. Um, and that's not a big deal if it's an LCD. So that kind of makes me think they're, yeah. this is an OLED thing, which not a lot of OLEDs with high refresh rates. For people who haven't – experienced the ProMotion display on the iPads. What, what's the benefit of switching, being able to switch uh, refresh rates for the user? Is, is there an obvious benefit? I think most people, when they use an iPad with, an iPad Pro, because it's on the Pros, with yeah. ProMotion, um, they don't know why, but everything feels smooth and snappy. It's smooth. Right? <laughs> it's, it responds very quickly. It feels very smooth and yeah. snappy. On an iPad in particular, the latency when you use Apple Pencil can never be less than one refresh, right? Mm -hmm. So like having a refresh twice as fast means that latency is half as long. So mm -hmm. the, the Apple Pencil latency gets better, but also just in general, all your taps and swipes and scrolling and interaction just looks really super smooth. And you know, people who are like PC gamers and stuff who have high refresh rate monitors, mm -hmm. they understand this. They understand exactly yeah. what this means. They know totally what it's like when you run a game at a really high refresh rate, just how smooth it makes everything. And so in theory, like when you're writing with the pencil, it should actually make it a little bit more clearer and stuff. But mm -hmm. I, I feel the smoothness. Uh, I definitely feel that when I'm scrolling and stuff. But as as much as I've heard artists and stuff say, and artists are the people more qualified to say this, I haven't much noticed much of a difference when writing with the pen. So, yeah. yeah. But uh, but it, it apparently carries over to that as well. So it's a nice thing to have. Yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, when you're – 
so many apps that you use, especially on your phone, mm -hmm. are vertically scrolling lists. Mm -hmm. All these, all your social media apps and everything else, you essentially are swiping vertically through a list of stuff, pictures and whatever it is. Um, and just to have that, when that goes at 120 hertz and there you get that smoothness and you can even kind of read the text as it moves and stuff like that, mm -hmm. it just feels good. Yes. Yeah. And it's hard to put your finger on it, but. Right, it's a, it's kind of subtle. Yeah. And uh, maybe people not like us or people who are more general consumers they would notice it, but not necessarily register it as this is what refresh rate means. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I think Jason hit it right there with the being able to read it as it moves, because yeah, mm -hmm. that's a lot clearer with the promotion display. So some other rumors that have been about the 2020 phone that not necessarily new, but they've come out just to kind of sum up. There's like a time of flight rear camera. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's been rumored. And you know, I've I've been wanting that for uh, if Apple wants to do well with AR because. So much of the mm -hmm. cool stuff is tied to the rear camera, and it doesn't have that, you know, like the TrueDef technology at the front window. So yeah. needs something yeah. something like that on the rear. And I think we'll be seeing more interesting stuff with AR once that takes off. Because right now, the machine learning is cool and everything, but it's uh, it's not precise. And it, and it, there's that there's that uh, big delay mm -hmm. whenever you're using just cameras, the multiple camera trick to figure out your environment where it's like you fire up an AR app and they're like move your phone around yes. and it because it has to kind of it needs multiple different parallax perspectives mm -hmm. to kind of figure out okay what's close what's far how, how what's the depth of these things um, and with a time of flight camera essentially if you've ever used the second generation Xbox Connect, the one that came with the Xbox One, those are time of flight cameras. Like it just works. You, as soon as you turn it on you're getting depth information of the world around you. So uh, yeah, I think that's going to be a critical part to like sort of this mass acceptance of augmented reality that you don't have to fire it up and calibrate every time. Right. <laughs> you just fire it up and it's going. Yes. So that'll be a big thing. Wonder what a drain on the battery it'll be. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the question. You know, those they actually use the same sort of technology they would use for this that that literally fires. It's it's basically like a chip that fires off a laser mm -hmm. perpendicular to the chip. They mm. use that now for in cameras now, but it's like one beam. Yeah. It's just for range finding, basically, to just determine broad focus distance and stuff like that. So to fire off a grid of these things, mm -hmm. substantial yeah. enough to do AR, for example, I really don't know if that's going to be like a big battery drain, or is that not mm -hmm. much? I, I have no idea how much power that really uses. Yeah. Well, AR Kit Three. So, well, I know when I was doing my video for, you know, I was capturing footage for my AR video. My battery on my iPhone uh, XS Max ran out in no time. Oh yeah. And uh, and so AR Kit Three, uh, which is coming in iOS 13, and so you will get be able to use that stuff. Is uh, yeah, um, it can use both the front camera and a rear camera at the same time. And so I was like, yeah, that's let's let's race to the the bottom of the battery there. Yeah, and the, and you know, anytime you're doing augmented reality stuff, it's really hammering that the machine learning engine in in this case it would be the A12 chip. Mm -hmm. You know, that's it's and it's using the GPU and it's yes. using it's like everything is cranking mm -hmm. hard. So and one wonders if a time of flight uh I guess you'd call it a chip because it really is. But a time of flight chip for the rear camera mm -hmm. to to fire a depth grid out there, would that really lessen the load mm -hmm. that you need to do, the com computational mm -hmm. load that you need to do to, to get a sort of 3D environment? That would be really good. So it might actually lower battery life just because you don't right. need to do so much math, essentially, just to figure out what's the yeah. depth of things. I don't know. We'll see. It'll we'll be interesting see. to see. 
Another thing that'll be interesting to see is if Apple releases a 16-inch MacBook Pro this fall. Well, <laughs> there's a uh, report by the Economic Daily News in Taiwan that says that the 16-inch MacBook Pro that's been rumored will have an LCD with a 3072 by 1920 resolution display. Mm-hmm. Um, the report also says that Apple will refresh the 13-inch MacBook Pro and the MacBook Air this fall. But it doesn't say what those refreshes are. Right, yeah. Exactly. Like design refresh, like... So this supposed 16-inch MacBook Pro is supposed to be a new design with like thin bezels and stuff like that. New keyboard. Yeah. Or well, is that, it might actually come this year, that's right. Yeah, who knows about a new yeah. keyboard. But mm-hmm. but definitely not just what the 15 and 13s oh, and stuff are now. Yeah. Just so one has to wonder 15, yeah. if these Airs, it's just a, is it just a processor bump? Mm-hmm. Or is this a newly designed 13-inch MacBook Pro and, and Air, 13-inch Air? That would be great. But it would seem weird that they just updated the Air. Right, right, and now like literally and they just, just redesigned the air last year, essentially. Right. And now so. they're just a year later going to have like a whole new design. Yeah, it's. I mean, kind of bring odd. me the new design, awesome. But I don't somehow I don't suspect that. Yeah, yeah I think it might just be a, a processor bump because that would have been what almost a year since it was initially released. It was refreshed recently with yeah. the True Tone display, but the processor didn't get bumped or anything. Right, and when it was reintroduced the air last year the processor they used was kind of an old processor yeah so it's due for a new intel processor yeah. in that same sort of wattage range so it feels like that would happen in regards to the 13 inch macro pro yeah i i don't know i mean they just released they redid the the entry level right 12 and a half or uh, 1299 and 1499 entry level non touch bar MacBook Pros. They now have touch bars. I just reviewed and True Tone and yeah, True Tone display. So they match almost. They they pretty much match Mm -hmm. the rest of the MacBook Pro Mm -hmm. line. Yeah, in terms of features, it still has the same design. We got to talk about how they the the rumor on this 16 inch MacBook Pro is that it's going to start at three grand. Right. Yes. It's going to be like the Mac Pro, but the laptop version. Mm-hmm. Which, which, what? <laughs> it, you know, it says you say what also, but also the high end fifteen inch MacBook Pro is twenty seven ninety nine. Mm-hmm. So it's only two hundred dollars. Yeah, that's if you not put it in that perspective, crazy. it's not that crazy. If they do something with the display, it's supposed to have supposedly a display that has not really micro LEDs, but like a grid of LEDs behind it. Probably lo- yeah. a fancy local dimming thing. Um, but if it, they do give it sort of the HDR capabilities of the n- new Apple display that everybody's so gaga about. <laughs> the not, Pro display. N- not to HDR. that degree, obviously, because it can't, on a laptop, you can't make it that bright. You can't make it that. You can't pivot that, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but something where they can say this is like a pro level display, yeah. then maybe that price bump is more justified. I'm still trying to imagine the 16 inch MacBook Pro because. To make it a pro model, uh, kind of like, I guess the akin to the Mac Pro, mm-hmm. that kind of you know super expensive, high super high end model would have to have a a fast processor. I don't know if they can get any faster in that form factor that they currently use. Right, it's too small. I agree, and it yeah. can't handle the heat. It would have to be a different f- kind of form factor to be able to handle that enough heat. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I have hard time picturing like how are they going to make it so much faster than the 15 inch GM? Right, now? right. Maybe it's not. Maybe that's not what's better about it. Maybe it's the display. Maybe it's like audio use, and using a Vega 40 graphics or something like yeah, that. Yeah, better audio. Some you know, yeah. there's going to be maybe there's other things that they yeah. say that make this so pro. Mm-hmm. I just I just anxious for them to overhaul sort of the design of the laptops. If yeah. you had them way too long. These laptops have had yeah. the same design with the same kind of big bezels around the screen and all that. It's the same slab of silver for for way too long, and I'm looking forward to seeing yeah. a little bit of a change. Can you get the MacBook Air in gold? I don't remember. Good question. You could get the MacBook in you gold. Could, you used to get the MacBook in, in gold, but now. Yeah. It is available in gold. It is. Oh, available. It's gold, okay. space, gray, and silver. Yeah. Yeah. The MacBook Pro is only available in space gray and silver. But space gray is a light space gray on the MacBooks. It is. I want the I want deep dark black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want the space gray that's basically black, like the, on the iPhones. Just, right. That yeah. remember the matte black iPhone? Oh, that was so. so I, there was an article or a video recently that I saw that set, claimed it to be the most be- gorgeous iPhone ever, and. The ma- a matte black MacBook would be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it would. Yep. The yeah. space gray they did for the iMac Pro is a pretty is a it's fairly a darker, dark yes. space gray, and it's uh, the Max finish is kind of matte to begin with. It's not as glossy as the yeah. the glass covered iPhones and stuff, so that would work. And back in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, whatever, I had one of those black MacBooks, and I love those that thing. Yeah, so. I'd like to see a return of that. I don't know if they'll ever go back to plastic or yeah. fruit. The fruit colors or the fruit colors. <laughs> you're not going to get the fruit colors certainly in a three thousand dollar Pro right. model. Right. But I would love to see them just introduce a couple of down in the fifteen hundred and under price mm-hmm. brackets. The right MacBook Air and stuff like that. Get some color in there. Yeah. Well, like it, everything doesn't have to be like a chunk of aluminum. The twentieth anniversary of the release of that iBook is is coming up soon. So there yeah. were a couple of websites that came out with stories of that, and, and I actually looked up the old MacWorld review of that yeah. I, iBook. It was kind of lukewarm. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't uh, very excited about that particular uh, laptop because it was it was an entry level. Yeah. Low end consumer laptop that wasn't very powerful. Its its claim to fame was Wi Fi. Yeah, that was the big deal. Yeah. Now that you mention it, I would totally buy a Bondi Blue MacBook. Yeah, <laughs> or just with those accents, you know, that yeah, would be cool. Well, there's also the rumor that Apple's going to re-release the rainbow Apple logo. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, use it right. That's the thing. If yeah. you have it's, could be tacky with the current design. Since when I heard that rumor, I said Johnny Ives' head just exploded. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's why he left. That's why he quit. That was the final straw. <laughs> Next week, Apple will reveal its third quarter earnings for 2019. And the focus will be on iPhone sales, which many analysts believe will be down again. Apple's past results and surveys by non-Apple entities show that iPhone growth has stalled and in some areas, users are leaving the iPhone. What could Apple do to turn this around? Cheaper phones. Cheaper phones? Cheaper phones. <laughs> I think, uh, I, I definitely think iPhone sales are going to be down sort of year over year yeah. for this quarter. I, I think that's, I don't want to say it's a trend because that makes it yeah. sound like it's kind of a temporary thing. I think it's just that the market's saturated 
and I think sales it's are going to continue in the West. I think sure. in Western yeah. Europe and yeah. the U.S. and Canada, kind of the people who have iPhones are the people who have iPhones, and they're good. And I don't think I think two things are simultaneously true. I think people aren't upgrading iPhones as much. They're not buying iPhones as much. But yeah. I don't think necessarily people are leaving iPhone. Right. Yeah. I think Apple Apple goes more people are using iPhone than ever, and I think that's true. Mm-hmm. I think people are hanging on their iPhones. They're just longer. not. Yeah. And and some people are kind of connecting the two that iPhone right. sales are down, meaning I, I, people are leaving. That's right. not, not, like you said, that's not necessarily true. I think worldwide, when you look at the whole globe, mm-hmm. that's that, that situation changes some. Mm-hmm. When you look at places like India and China and so on, they've had trouble with sales, and, uh, and in particular in the last couple of years, and um, trending down, and uh, recent issues with like trade wars and stuff like that aren't helping. Right. <laughs> you know the the value the the cost of these things we complain so much about what a new iphone costs here yeah and then yeah, a lot of the rest of the world <laughs> where there's vats and stuff like that it's worse yeah. uh so that's that's a big issue and that's something that apple's talked about tim cook talked about it after they had their real bad quarter a couple of quarters ago yeah there what, was what even, people thought was a real bad quarter you know where they yeah missed. and there was even the thing a lot of people didn't catch that apple and I may not be explaining this correctly. Mm-hmm. Apple tries to, in the past, kind of maintained its pricing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even in foreign markets. But now they are adapting their prices to be more in line with the value of the dollar, whatever yeah. country they're in. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, they're trying to... It, they're trying to... Adapt their pricing to... Essentially the, lower prices in some of these places where it seems particularly expensive because yeah. of the contrast in the value of the dollar versus right. the value of the local currency right. and so on. Um, so that was one attempt to try and yeah. help and it, And it, apparently it did. They did some stuff in China, and apparently it helped some, but right. I think that may be over. That, that was like a bubble that's over. Yeah. So they're, without producing phones that people want in places like India and China and stuff at more affordable prices for those markets – they're going to have a tough time. I mean, yeah. that's just that's just a, a a truth, and and I don't think people in those markets care to buy a year or one year or two year old iPhone as a right. new iPhone as a way of getting an iPhone cheaper. They don't they don't care that much. They're happy to go buy a Huawei or a Xiaomi or something yeah, like that, right. which will have fancy new latest specs. You know, they're making essentially no money selling those phones yeah. because they're scooping up data and making money other ways. So that's they have real challenges in in some of these foreign markets and I think that's going to play itself out in iPhone sales. It doesn't mean Apple's not going to make a ton of money. Mm-hmm. I think Apple's mm-hmm. going to make a ton of money, but I think if you what you care about is are they selling as many iPhones as they used to, that's not going to look good. The thing that I don't understand is whether Apple believes there's no market for a low-cost iPhone or if they're more concerned about what their product line looks like and don't want to influence it with a low-cost iPhone. Does that make sense, what I want to say? Yeah. Because, for instance, the iPhone SE mm-hmm. sold well. and when it At least went at aw- first, yeah. At first, and then when it went away, and then it would come back in the refurbished market, and it would sell out quickly. Now, of course, maybe they only had like... Yeah, those are tiny numbers. Tiny. Those are small numbers. Certainly the iPhone SE going away didn't impact overall iPhone sales. Yeah. Like by that point, globally, people weren't buying millions and millions of iPhone SEs, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I think it's a tough challenge. Yeah, there's. I don't. I think maybe to one degree, Apple doesn't want to make a second best iPhone. Like they don't want to yeah. make an iPhone that's not as good as they can make it. That's what I. Yeah, that was right? the point I was trying to make. But yeah. I think there's also a challenge in I, in the iPhone SE in particular. What a lot of people like. Like about it is the size. Mm-hmm. They're like, I want a small iPhone. Yeah, yeah. They don't want a big cheap iPhone. Mm-hmm. They want a small cheap right, iPhone. Exactly. <laughs> and I think it's hard to cram everything that's in an iPhone today into a smaller, into an iPhone SE sized device. Mm-hmm. With, with unless you're gonna have really bad battery life, like it's just right. tough to get all that in there. The chips are big. The the yeah. camera modules are big. Like everything about it is significant in that way. And I, and I think that's a lot of it with Apple's product line is. You know, people talk about other phones having better specs and everything like that. But there's a lot of stuff about iPhones where Apple wants to try to, like, make people go into the future. It's Face ID. It's the mm-hmm. AR stuff. It's the, you know, this is what people, Apple wants you to experience. And I think maybe, you know, they're feeling like they're diminishing that with, you know, a little low-cost phone or something like that, taking away some of that magic or something. But they need to understand that, you know, some people don't care. And, uh they just want a small phone, and I think it's important for Apple to have a good product in the market that does that. This fall will be an interesting change, I think, mm-hmm. because I don't expect the iPhone XS and XS Max to continue being sold mm-hmm. as year-old phones, as they do sometimes, like they, just like mm-hmm. they didn't do with the iPhone X, mm-hmm. because whatever replaces the iPhone XR would be as good and cheaper. <laughs> like, why would you buy the year-old XS and XS Max? But the iPhone XR will probably be, keep being sold, and it will probably drop to 650 or maybe even 600 And that that presents a really interesting thing. So and then you've got the iPhone XR at a year old, still faster than almost every phone out there, Face ID and all that other good stuff. Um, and then you've got whatever, repla- whatever the new iPhone XR is just above that. And then you've got whatever the new 10s and 10s Max are, the new iPhone 11 and 11 Max, whatever. You know, that's a, that's kind of an interesting lineup because now a year old iPhone 10R, if it's still being sold, is kind of that mid range phone. It's kind of that, especially with a trade in or something, it becomes a really affordable sort of mid range phone. I don't think they're ever going to make a cheap phone. I don't think Apple's ever going to make a 299 no. phone no. <laughs> or no. something, right? Um, so that's one thing that makes it interesting. I think the other thing that's interesting is the services push really begins this fall. Yeah. You know, Apple News Plus oh. is not the big one. Apple Arcade is a big one. Apple TV Plus is a big one. Mm-hmm. And Apple TV Apple Plus has a lot of places, a lot of inroads to get into it. You know, it's got TVs and stuff like that. But they're pushing family sharing with all these things. Family sharing is included with all these things. Once they're making 10 bucks a month here and 10 bucks a month there from all these services it becomes less important to sell a new phone all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's, it becomes less important to sell a real expensive phone. Right. Maybe then, maybe in 2020 or whatever, it becomes more in Apple's interests to sell a phone that start a, a new phone mm-hmm. that starts at 499 or something, you know, or a new sort of a new iPhone SE because it's, they don't care if they make money on that. They just care about expanding the number of people who are in the Apple ecosystem yeah. who are going to start, kicking in monthly fees <laughs> to stuff. But the opposite could be true as well. Once you and your family sharing are all using Apple Arcade and Apple TV Plus and stuff like that, are you going to switch? <laughs> yeah. Like they've kind of got you. They kind of, at that point, don't care if you just go another year without buying a phone as long as you don't switch to an Android phone. Right. So the lock-in becomes harder. And 
also from a monetary perspective, they just don't care that you're right. not upgrading as much. Yeah. So maybe they just don't do cheap phones. Maybe it's more expensive. <laughs> it's yeah. even they even have less reason oh, right. to make an affordable phone right. yeah. because they're just like, ah, just wait longer. Yeah. Just buy a new phone later. So does the iPhone eight and the iPhone seven, which are currently in the lineup, are those still around this fall? I don't think the seven would be I don't think seven, seven, seven plus. Sure. The eights, that gets interesting. Yeah, and then the eight becomes the only phone with a home button. Right. Yeah. I feel, I feel like that, with the iPhone ten R, if that dropped a hundred bucks uh and kept on sale, like why have the eights? I'd like to see them simplify it and get rid of the eights. The eight is what, five ninety nine? Starts at five ninety nine? Yeah. Like I was saying, push people into the future, get face ID. Yeah. Well <laughs> yeah, face ID, uh that would mean the whole lineup that is be on sale this fall because the tennis and tennis max would be gone. Yes. If the rumor about the new phones not having uh 3D touch are true, uh-huh. that means the whole new lineup would be actually everything currently on sale, everything that's not a used phone mm-hmm. would be would not have 3D touch. They'd all have face ID. You know, that would that would really simplify and, and kind of unify the lineup and they'd all have like the taller aspect ratio screens and stuff like that. So They'd all have at least an A12 with the neural engine for AR and stuff. So that that would be a kind of a neat lineup. There'd be four four products currently on sale. Four there'd be the the old 10R, whatever at the bottom, the current the current 10R, right, it's being sold right. as a year old phone, and then the new 10R and the new 11 and 11 Max. But still, no, I'll say what sub $400 phone that would. That's Not without some like. trade-in or something right. like that, right? That's, yeah. yeah. No uh, no SE replacement phone. Right. That's not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. We I, never know anything until Apple gets on stage, <laughs> right? Right. And as Leif was pointing out, Apple's tendency is to push people forward. They've done that on the Mac forever. They do it on the iPhone. Unless they can find figure out a way to make modern-day features in a smaller phone for a low cost, I don't, I don't think that, yeah, an SE successor is not going to happen. At least an SE successor that's small. Right, exactly. There may be an SE successor sort of in the sort of the idea of, of price and mm-hmm. stuff like that, mm-hmm. but not, it. it'll be big because that's what, <laughs> outside of the West where they really need the help, that's what people want is the big phone. Now it's time for the two-minute tip. On this part of the show, a Macworld staffer will present a quick tip for your Apple device. This week, Jason has a tip for your iPhone and iOS 13. What you got, Jason? All right. If you ever wanted to connect to a Wi-Fi network or connect to a Bluetooth device that you've had paired, it's super annoying. You have to go into settings and go into the... Wi-Fi, the Bluetooth menu and stuff like that. It's more work than it should be. We do this all the time. uh, Why is it not fast? So in iOS 13, Apple has made it fast and it's great. You can do it right from Control Center. So you open Control Center, which is a swipe down from the top right of your device if you don't have a home button or if you have a home button, it's a swipe up from the bottom. And then the upper left block is always the sort of connections block. It's airplane mode and all that stuff. Just uh, long press on that or force press if you have 3D touch, and it'll expand and show airplane mode, cellular data, Wi-Fi, airdrop, that stuff. If you force press or long press on the Wi-Fi, it will now pop up a list of all the local Wi-Fi 
everything, all the Wi-Fi yes. connections, and you can connect right there. And if you do the same thing on the Bluetooth, it will show all your paired Bluetooth devices so you can connect to one of your Bluetooth devices, your headphones or whatever. So you don't have to go tripping into the settings thing anymore. And the real benefit of this is when you're in an app because right. it wasn't that hard to go into settings. But the annoying thing is, like, close my app. Where's my settings? Uh, swiping through my 14 pages of things, trying to find my settings, open it up. Now i got to go back to my app. You don't have to do any of that. Control panel just doesn't interrupt the app you're doing. So you can go right in control panel, couple taps, and you're in. I haven't installed the iOS 13 beta. Mm -hmm. that, that might be the reason why I would, would just nice. for that particular feature. It's kind of stunning how long it's taken them yeah. to make a quick, at least Wi-Fi connect, just based on how often we connect to Wi-Fi. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. I, I never realized how much time and effort that took until you pointed it out. Yeah. <laughs> and then like the other day, I was trying to connect to a public Wi-Fi spot, and I was like, yeah, I should just upgrade to iOS 13. I, if I had a nickel for every time <laughs> my wife has said, hang on, I need to find my settings. Mm -hmm. Like, because where, where did you put it? You have a million icons on your phone. I'm Not everybody is like me and has like six neatly arranged folders. Right. Like, I, yeah, my phone is it's really boring. <laughs> but, but most people just have like a sea of yeah. icons on a bunch of pages and you can't find where you put the settings app. And yeah. So this is much more convenient. Yeah. It's a great tip. You can get the details on this tip on Macworld.com. There's also a link in the show notes. Now it's time for your hot takes. We love hearing from you. Let us know what you're thinking via email at podcast at macworld.com. Or you can contact us through Twitter. That's at Macworld. Or on the Macworld Facebook page. Here are a couple comments that caught our eye this week. Uh, the first one is was on Twitter by at Chris C underscore NM Summer. It's in regards to the higher cost of Macs uh, compared to PCs. And, and this was in response to a Twitter talk that Mike Simon hosted on the Macworld Twitter feed last week. This was in conjunction with our company's enterprise division. So they asked us if they, we can use our they could use our Twitter feed to do this uh, tech talk that they usually do with like CIOs and IT folks. and Yeah, usually it's on our... Our IDG's uh, enterprise brands, yeah. they have these Twitter talks on yeah. regular, I think it's weekly basis. It's weekly, they, yeah. yeah. So um, we did a Macworld one this time. They did one Mac-focused, and they asked us to uh, participate, and we said, sure, and Mike Simon hosted. So this was part of that, and uh, Chris said that, uh, yes, I believe so. I've never had a virus with any Apple product. It'd be nice to see prices come down a bit, but I wouldn't purchase anything but Apple. Does that make me an Apple snob? Maybe, but I know it's a high-quality product. See, here's the wrench I'm going to throw into that. I, I want to be that person, too. But the fact is that I have I have a Windows machine at home, and I've had it for years, and I, only, I do not have a third-party virus uh, program on there, and I have never had a problem with viruses. It's just I, I know what to download and what not to download, yeah. and I've been keeping it. So I don't think there's as much of a problem with Windows as it used to be, but I will throw into that that – I generally like the longevity of Apple products, and I find that, you know, when I've gotten other laptops and stuff, they break down really quickly, I mean, by comparison. 
And mm-hmm. uh, when my Apple stuff goes down, save for it was that same MacBook I was just telling you about back from like 2007 or 2008, I forget which. But I had a battery problem with that. Otherwise, all Apple products, they just seem to keep chugging along unless it's my own negligence. You know, I drop it and break the screen or something like that. And uh, I, that's why I like them. They're tough. You know, that's one good thing about that aluminum frame and everything. And it's they're well designed. They have fewer breakable parts on them than a lot of other devices uh that that's what i like about them and because i i generally know that it's you know they're going to last a long time and that's why i'm always kind of like cocking my head when people say apple products don't last a long time i was like well yeah well yeah that specifically talking about the enterprise you know they don't they don't want to buy fifteen hundred dollar computers right that's a problem but on the other hand service is an issue Mm -hmm. and as much as we make fun of like keyboard problems or something like that the actual failure rates Mm -hmm. of apple (laughs) products they get a lot of attention because it's apple and there aren't a lot of models and the number of models divided by the percentage of their market seems like you know it's it's big you know but because the the rest of the market's much bigger, the Windows market mm-hmm. is much 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 bigger. But it's divided among hundreds and hundreds of models under a dozen brands and stuff. Any of those one models breaks down more than a, a Mac. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> even even with as much as we complain about like things like the keyboard. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, that that sort of thing. Not having to take something out of rotation for service or something yeah. is a big deal. Um, and it's it's just hard to convince enterprises that. Spend more now to save more later. Like that's yeah. that's not the way they operate. They look at this quarter. They've got a budget. What? How many machines can I get for this many dollars? Mm-hmm. That's that's what I got to do now, and it's this year's budget. And yeah. you know, they don't look at the five year. How much am I spending on computers over five years? So that's that's tough. It's a tough challenge to yeah. to break into that. Yeah, I would I would have said years ago. A real advantage of Windows is the management features. It's way easier to. As an IT person, sort yeah. of network manage your distributions and stuff. Uh, that's gotten way better on Apple products lately, both through third-party products that mm-hmm. make that easier and through Apple's own stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a conundrum there because the enterprise is mostly dominated by Windows, mm-hmm. so the development's going to be there for those kind of tools. Whereas, <laughs> speaking of tools, speaking of tools, I don't know if you guys can hear this on the podcast, but there's construction happening in the Macworld offices. Uh, you might hear that in the background. Anyways, that, that's what threw me off there for a minute. Now I completely <laughs> forgot what I was going to say, talk about. But uh, yeah, so oh, uh, tools, beca- because uh, yeah, because Macs aren't as commonly found in the enterprise, there aren't as many tools. The developments not as widespread because there's just not as many Apple products usually, mm-hmm. usually, or at least there's not as many Macs. Yeah. Now the iPhone is very, is I think pretty popular in the enterprise. Yes. Smartphones came in like computers, laptops, desktops had 20 years of history before smartphones even became a thing. Smartphones became a th- thing so much more recently that they, have kind of always been a little bit of a bring-your-own-device market. Yeah. Like, they, they used to issue cell phones to people with, like, BlackBerry or stuff, but then pretty pretty quickly it got to be like, no, but I want to use my phone, and they just had to find ways to make that work in the enterprise. So that's, that's – people just have what they have, yeah. and then they have rules. <laughs> Their company has rules about using your cell phone. And Our next two comments are also in response to the tech talk that we – recently hosted 
It's in regards to the recent MacBook lineup changes. Uh, the first was on Twitter by at Ben Rothke. He says that I don't see Apple gaining any, any significant market share due to the fact that a low-end Mac laptop can still easily be at least four times as expensive as a comparable Windows model. It comes down to the Apple tax. Many people struggle with bills, can't afford a Mac. At Rod's Media says that Apple needs to put some fun back into their lineup, actually market their computers, and put them on display in their fancy stores. They are. Which I think they do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think they do, although it is dominated by iPhone and Apple Watch. That's, That's true. Kind of, you know, that, I mean, they know where people are, what people are there for. But you can easily go see a Mac at the Apple Store because nobody goes right. <laughs> at the Apple Store. They're, they're the uh, less... Mm-hmm. full part of the Apple store. I don't want to say yeah. completely empty, but there are fewer people in that, those sections of the Apple ben, store. Ben Rothy's right, I think, in a general sense, but especially for the enterprise, the fact that right. you can't get a $500 Mac mm-hmm. just at all yeah. <laughs> is a problem. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'll give you an idea. Today I wrote up a deal post about the 12-inch MacBook being really good, having a really good sell, and you can get a refurbished model for $760. I have mm-hmm. to admit I was tempted, but at the same time, it's like $760 when I already have a MacBook for work. It's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I was tempted because, you know, I, I do actually like that model, and it's it's going out now. But, I think for, uh, for consumers – the the second comment is is more true for consumers, but yeah, yeah, I think that's that. I think it's an issue that whether you call it fun or not fun, I think the idea. That, I think MacBooks have been stagnant. Yeah. yes, they have. Yeah, yes. like like we were saying, it's not not like we want the color candy colored yeah. MacBooks. I mean, to I come ca- back. I kind of do, but <laughs> like, <laughs> but they don't. But even if they don't, just. But the, the silver slab has ha- run become, its course. Yeah, it's uh, become kind of stale. And yes. it's, all the touch bars and, and touch ID in the world doesn't make yeah. a dramatic change where people can say – people can look at it and go like, oh, that's a new, mm, ah. great, mm-hmm. wonderful, amazing laptop that I'm excited to use. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, yep, that, yep, that's a MacBook. Yes. Yeah. Which it's gotten to the point where you're, get, you're hitting on that where it's like yawn. Now, as yeah, a, at yeah. a glance, you can't tell if somebody's MacBook is brand new or five years old. Yep, that's a good. You point. have to <laughs> start. You have to start looking at ports. <laughs> take a close look at the keyboard. You know, if somebody's just walking around with a folded MacBook in their arms, yeah. that could that could be a 2009 or right. 2019, <laughs> right. and you would barely not know. Yep. And there's also instant recogni- recognition of that particular laptop. Right. You know, it's yeah. it, that's so there's the contrast, right? Right. Yeah. So there's some marketing involved in that. You know, you know that's an Apple laptop when just because it's the design has been the same for a while. Yeah. Everyone knows what it looks yeah, like. Yeah, that's a definitely a double edged sword. Yeah. Like do you get rid of this iconic thing? Yeah. It's iconic? Or is it getting stale? Yeah. Well, see, you know, e- even though technically Apple was just making it look like the new MacBooks, but the the new iPad Pro, you know, I see on people on Twitter all the time, everybody talking about how beautiful they are, and that's because it's a it's a big design switch from the previous ones that mm-hmm. you know had the Touch ID and everything. And now, e- even I, when I look at the old Touch ID models for iPads, it's like, yeah, they they look kind of old now. They yeah. And so that that new one where it's Face ID, it's got relatively thin bezels and stuff. It's it's quite beautiful and. Uh, you know, like I said, they're kind of going for that MacBook look with it, but it, it's it's nice and with the the sharp edges and stuff. So, but it, it does make you pay attention now when you see somebody's iPad because it's not like the old familiar models. So that makes a difference. For some reason or another, 
in the back of my head, I always think that the iPad just looks the same mm-hmm. for some reason. Yeah. But I have a stack of like first generation iPads near my desk, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I look at it and I go, "Oh, it does look different." I, yeah, the, definitely so. the iPad Pro with its squared off edges yeah. versus the old taper edges, tapered edges, really made a difference. Well, that uh, just about does it for this week's episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 660. Thanks to Life Johnson. Thank you, Roman. And thanks to Jason Cross. Thank you. You can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, through SoundCloud, or on Spotify. If you have any comments or questions, email us at podcast at macworld.com, or you can contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on the Macworld Facebook page. The next episode probably will still have some background construction noise. <laughs> yeah, I have no <laughs> idea how loud that's coming through, but if so, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah, so sorry, we apologize. We'll apologize in advance for the because the construction is supposed to go through September, I think, and it goes all day. <laughs> it's not like we can wait for the quiet time. We tried. Yeah, we tried. So. Anyways, join us next week as we talk about the latest news and happenings in the world of Apple. See y'all next week. <laughs>